Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hello, everybody. Sometimes we get announcements, and there's not enough content for a whole episode, so we have to fold it into another episode or release it by itself as a bonus episode. That's not the case today. We have so much new information about the next year's worth of Commander products that I don't know how we're going to keep this episode to a reasonable length. We're going to be diving deep into the newly announced products and talking about what their impact might be on Commander as a whole. These are not just new products. I think they're about to violently disrupt some of the trends that have been stable for years. But Before we get into all that juicy new information, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by writing a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. We've got one such review to share with you today. Feral Turtle says, great podcast for all levels of EDH players. I play commander from jank to CEDH and I love this podcast. If your heart lies somewhere in the 75% style of play, this is a great podcast for you. I binged about 15 episodes in a weekend and enjoyed it immensely. Thoughtful commentary around deck building, play culture, and the health of the format. Really appreciate you taking the time to put out this content. Keep out the great work. Well, thank you, Feral Turtle, and all of you out there want to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. With that, let's get into the show. The first big commander product in the 2020 lineup is the annual set of precons. So there's going to be several big changes in how they're releasing these, so we're going to break this down for you. The first change is that they're moving them up, so they've been releasing them in August for the past couple of years. They're going to be releasing these on April 24th. Yeah. And the reason for doing so is they want to coincide with the release of Ikoria Layer of Behemoths. So normally they give the commander decks a little bit of space to breathe, but the reason they're launching them at the same time as Ikoria is because they are thematically and mechanically tied to Ikoria. Yeah, this is a huge development kind of in how they've been doing this. We've heard that all of the new cards in the decks are set on the world of Ikoria, so they're going to have the same flavor. Uh, there's also going to be mechanical ties. Gavin Verhe said that some of the decks have themes that are grabbed from the main sets you'll see a little bit of taking those themes and blowing them out even more for commander players. He he brought up the example of Kaladesh not having an energy commander, so he really wanted to make sure that like some of the main themes in Ikoria are going to be possible to build around a commander. Another big change is there's going to be more new cards than ever before, with 71 new cards in the Ikoria set of precons. And to, to give you some perspective, in Commander 2018 and 2019, those precons only had 59 new cards across them. Another change is that there's going to be five decks being released instead of four that's become the norm in Commander 2017, 2018, and 2019. A couple more changes. These decks are going to be replacing the Planeswalker decks for Ikoria. Yeah, that's actually a pretty big deal. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of that change. One last thing, and then we'll start digesting all this information. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you will be able to try the Ikoria Commander decks at the Ikoria pre-release. So you're getting them a little bit early. Don't have to wait till the release date. Yeah, pretty cool. I'm really excited for that. What sticks out to you most from all this information about these Ikoria precons? The biggest thing to me is the deck structure. 
that there's five decks being released with the actual set itself. That kind of shows me that they're thinking about set themes and in a way that we kind of hoped they would do with the Brawl decks, but this time they explicitly said it. That gives me a lot of hope. One thing that stuck out to me is the switch from four decks as they've been doing to five, because when they announced the change from five decks to four back in Commander 2017, they said they did that because we believe the best Commander play experience for a new Commander player is a four-player game, and releasing four decks mimicked how we thought it would be best for someone to start. They didn't really give an explanation for why they would reverse that decision. Like, that rationale made sense at the time. And so um, I'm thinking that the reason for this change might be something related to the structure of the set. Like, hypothetically, let's say you're designing Ikoria, and Ikoria has five factions, and you have to make four commander decks that are thematically tied to Ikoria. Well, wouldn't you go back to your boss and say, like, hey, could we do five decks instead? It would make it align way better if we're trying to do this product that coincides with the, the main set. That's what I think might be happening here. I'm expecting that Coria is going to have five factions of some kind, and I'm going to throw out some speculation here. Yes. I think that Ikoria is going to be an enemy color set. Yes, I would love that so much. Like, enemy factions are something that have never been done as the main set theme, and it's something that, like, players have brought up to Mark Rosewater a couple times. He's pretty aware of it. You know, you think back to Dragons of Tarkir, we had ally color themes. Or, you know, we've had monocolor themes in Theros, in Mm -hmm. uh, Eldraine. So it might be a good time to do that. And they really are harping on the monocolor so that it'll be a breath of fresh air when we switch to enemy color in Ikoria. Mm Because, like, we've got the monocolor in Eldraine, we've got monocolor likely in Theros, because it's likely that Devotion will return. Yeah, I'm feeling that pretty strong (laughs) right now. (laughs) Getting some vibes. Um, Yeah, getting some vibes there. So it might be that they're they're building that so that it'll be a contrast with a multicolor block. They do try to like give a contrast of themes yeah. over time so that you're never too sick of any one thing. So to to go from heavy monocolor to a multicolor set would make sense. Yeah. The next piece of news we're going to talk about, there will be two new commander decks released with Zendikar Rising, also replacing the Planeswalker decks for that set. Ooh, yeah. Unlike the Ikoria decks, which will have 71 new cards across them, there's only going to be three new cards per deck in the Zendikar Rising precons. And likely those are just going to be the legendary face cards, would be my guess. Yeah, I would guess the same thing. These new cards are going to be themed to Zendikar, so it's probably worth digging into the lore to see if there's any Zendikari characters who haven't gotten cards, or if there's any existing legends in need of a new card. It's also worth checking out archetypes from past Zendikar sets that may not have gotten commander support or whose support may have been inadequate. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, while Ally Tribal does have a commander in General Tazri, she doesn't do exactly what the tribe needs. Yeah, this is true. Like, tutoring is great, and it makes her a very effective CEDH commander. Like, she basically finds your win condition and goes from there. But I think what allies really need is ally token generation because yeah. there's so many cards that trigger from allies entering the battlefield. So, oh my, yes, oh man. So a commander that enables that would be really strong and would let you feel like you're getting the most out of your allies. 
the fact that there's only three new cards in the Zendikar decks actually makes me really happy. This really kind of shows me that they are kind of honing in or like trying to hone in on the reprint problem. Because if they're making commander decks with only three new cards, that means they really had to look at the format and go, what are we going to put in these decks? Like what needs to be reprinted? Hopefully. I mean, obviously we don't know any deck lists yet, but that's like what I would really be hoping for. So I'm, I'm really looking at this like only three new cards thing is like probably hopefully just the face cards and hopefully they're cool. Hopefully we don't get too many two lanes and stuff like that that are just like super crazy value, like something you do have to build around. And then hopefully we get cards that we need reprinted, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe a little bit. So that I'm actually excited for that too. Yeah, that was definitely a big focus of the announcement, like a, bi- a through line was Gavin consistently talking about how many reprints are going to be in this set. He knows that the community oh, yeah. has been craving them, has been really disappointed with the level of reprints in previous pre-cons. Yeah, I definitely talked to him about that. Yeah, <laughs> and so it's it's something they're emphasizing, that these are going to be good value for the, the dollars you're putting in. One thing I want to ask you about before we move on to the next product, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. how do you feel about these pre-cons replacing the Planeswalker decks for... Zendikar Rising and Ikoria. They talked about this in the announcement too, where they thought that Commander was for more enfranchised players. They kind of tried to keep it away from new players. And then as they were looking, they realized that, well, everyone's playing Commander. You start playing Magic, you see your friends playing Commander. Even though it's like... Yeah, you don't want to hang out in the kiddie pool. You want to yeah, you dive get in the in. deep end. So, and, and they realized that it's actually not that bad because it's multiplayer, because it's casual, so you can sit down and friends will help you. I was never super excited about the Planeswalker decks. They, they're obviously not for players like me and Nick. Mm-hmm. Like they, Sometimes they'd have like a cool card or something. But really, this just shows that they're treating Commander as not just for enfranchised players anymore. I was never a huge fan of the Planeswalker decks. In, in practice, Like the power level of these Planeswalkers was just so terrible. And I didn't like the idea of selling intentionally bad cards to new players once they figure out what's going on they're immediately going to say like oh these suck like i just spent a bunch of money on these and they're all terrible using that slot and instead printing products that are going to put reprints in the hands of commander players and create new archetypes by printing new legendary creatures i'm 100 percent for that and i think that'll be a much better product i i totally am in favor of this like put the reprints in these products it's not just good for new players it's good for old players as well like if you just print them just print enough of them Mm -hmm. then new players have a collection and old players have the cards they want moving on to the next product the next in the lineup is commander collection green this is a set of eight green commander staples each with new art that connects it to an existing commander it'll be available in both foil and non-foil And with the announcement, we saw a few pieces of art from the product, one of which I'm fairly certain about, and the other is a little less clear. So the former shows Yisan, Wanderer Bard, playing his lyre while surrounded by a bunch of different beasts. And I'm pretty certain that it's Court of Calling. Yeah, that's a a pretty... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's an easy guess. The other is like some sort of sapperling or forest spirit, like kindling some new growth. And Gavin pointed out that the shape of its head is meant to be a nod to Azusa Lost But Seeking's headpiece. Gavin also stated that it's a creature, but not one originally from Kamigawa. And the best guess I've seen so far is Seedborn Muse. Yeah, that fits pretty well. But let's let's talk a bit about what the other six slots could be used for. 
We've got a list here of the most expensive non-reserve list green cards that'd be good candidates for this product. Sylvan Tutor. It's like Worldly Tutor, but Sorcery Speed. Mm -hmm. Bloom Tender. One and a green for a 1-1. Elf taps for each color among permanents you control. Mm -hmm. Doubling Season. Uh, You all know Doubling Season needs another reprint. Yeah. Food Chain. Two and a green for an enchantment. Exile a creature you control. Add mana equal to its converted mana cost plus one of any color. Silvala, Heart of the Wilds, one green green. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield, if it's the largest power, its controller draws a card. Green tap, add X mana of any one color to your mana pool, where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. Sylvan Library, Oracle of Moldiah, Crater of Behemoth, Mana Reflection, Exploration, Azusa, and then Primal Vigor. Those are all decent options. I've heard people talking about three visits, which is one in a green, sorcery, search your library for a forest, and put it on the battlefield. It's also incredibly expensive for what it is, which yeah. is about $80 at the time of recording, but it doesn't seem like the right product for it. Yeah, I, I agree with you and disagree that this would be a reprint for this set because it's a rampant growth. It's a boring card, like nature's lore is $1, and the only reason that revisits is so expensive is because it was only ever printed in three kingdoms yep and they just neglected it for 20 years afterwards yep i would much rather see that print as a common and like a non-standard booster product than in a collectible product like this and it's not exactly like an exciting effect that's gonna feel at home among these big timmy pleasing spells that Mm -hmm, you would mm -hmm. expect to see in commander collection green And I think this is a product that needs to exist at this point because, as people have talked about in the community, the reprint problem is just becoming the biggest barrier to Magic's growth as a whole. Because as much as they might push standard and standard power level and like more modern ways to play, like Pioneer was announced like recently, stuff like that, you're still going to go out and play with your friends who are playing with their old cards and you're going to be like, oh, I want to do that. And then you're going to look and Google Caller Gisa is like a $40 card. Mm -hmm. And like, that's only because of Commander. It's not like Legacy isn't like going crazy. Like Modern's not running rampant with like, you know what I mean? Like like that is entirely a casual market. And I think now that they've realized that that's a problem, I like kind of gives me a little bit of hope or like we said like we're gonna see what happens but uh one of the competitive advantages of magic relative to say like hearthstone or some other digital trading card games is you can play in person and that's a big draw like getting people together playing some commander that's a fun way to spend a saturday night but if they want to continue to support paper magic they need to get a handle on that So this was the final kind of piece of news that was announced. It's called Commander Legends, and it is a booster product in which you draft Commander decks, and then you play Commander. Packs are going to be 20 cards each. They each have two legendary creatures and a foil in every pack. And the set's going to have over 70 new legends. And Gavin emphasized the new cards in Commander Legends will be from anywhere, anytime in the multiverse which means that dead characters can get new cards. Notably, Commander Legends are also going to have two new Commander Precons with three new cards each. This is exactly kind of the thing that Commander needed. Commander decks are good at getting cards out there somewhat, but like opening boosters is probably the best way to get cards into players' hands. 
really quickly, I want to also mention that Commander Legends, in addition to this booster product, it's also going to have two new Commander Precons with three new cards each. And like the Precons for Zendikar Rising, those three new cards in each deck are probably going to be the legendary face cards. Yeah, really, really hoping for like some cool throwbacky legends here. Yeah, speaking of some throwbacky legends, with the announcement, Gavin shared two pieces of artwork from the set, one of which he explicitly told us was a new version of Baron Sengir called yes. Sengir the Dark Baron. The other card has been confirmed to be a Planeswalker. And she's holding the same weapons held by Jessica, Warrior Adept, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. who uh, sparked following the events of Onslaught Block. Yeah. So those are the two characters. What do you think they're going to do mechanically? Do you have a guess on that one? I'm assuming Baron's going to have a similar effect to like his original card, but maybe like more build around. He's probably not going to cost eight. He's probably going to get bigger when things die, but probably not as difficult. It's probably not going to be like, when he deals damage to a thing, it's probably going to be some other trigger. That's going to be my guess, kind of like a throwback, but like actually playable. Jessica, I have no clue what Jessica's going to do or if she's going to be mono red. She wasn't mono red after she sparked, I'm pretty sure. I have a guess for Sengir. I also agree he's probably likely to be vampire tribal. Wizards might be using this as an opportunity to pr- print a mono black vampire tribal commander in contrast to edgar markov yeah like creating the same rough mechanic but in different color identity often creates a new archetype because you're just incentivized to be running different cards and also one of the flaws with edgar is that because his eminence trigger is so powerful you're really incentivized to run the cheapest vampires you possibly can to get an enormous amount of bodies on the board quickly with sengir i'm hoping that they're going to be going for a style of vampire tribal that allows you to play like the vampires you actually want to play instead of these just ultra efficient the cheapest of the cheap so that's what i'm hoping for the dark baron i also have no idea what we're going to see with jessica yeah there's still a lot of legendary slots we don't know about and because the set is going to be pulling from everywhere and any time in the multiverse the the set is very fertile for speculation we have a little bit of an idea of what characters people want to see printed as legends and which archetypes people want to be able to play in commander so i think we can rattle off some guesses about what might get printed in the set this has actually been the most fun part about this whole announcement is figuring out like who and what and where yeah because this is the perfect opportunity to meet all those requests for why can't this character have a commander card Mm -hmm. or like why can't we build around this mechanic in commander yeah pretty much like any character that got flavor text but didn't get a card or from like the novels or something like that. The novels are written post set being constructed. Mm-hmm. So you get characters that uh, don't exist that people want that people want to see more of. If there's a character that you saw in a flavor text that you're like, oh, that was funny. They might show up here. Let's start with the characters that we think have a shot of showing up here, often because they have had a lot of requests. And then we'll go into like mechanics that are not really well supported. Yeah. That this would be a good opportunity to print a legend for them. Characters, there's a lot from Innistrad. In the Shadows Over Innistrad story, A Gaze, Blank, and Pitiless, we learn about a fourth legendary angel from Innistrad who was black-white and who was killed by Avacyn. Ever since then, people have been asking Mark Rosewater to make a card for her. And since she's dead, it'd be hard to make that card for her in a standard return to Innistrad. 
So this product seems like a, a perfect fit for her. Let's let's talk a bit about what we know about her. So she's for sure going to be black white. In the story, they they talk about how she was like a little bit more pragmatic than yeah. her sisters. She was like willing to make deals with demons and witches in order to get things done. It's hard to say like where that would go mechanically. I mean, they could have like something as straightforward as referencing demons or warlocks, but it could also be an opportunity to make a more political commander that gives you that sense of like pragmatism and deal making. What other characters do you think we might see in the set? I would put so much money to see Hal and Elena, which are from the Shadows uh, story. They're two lovers. They're rangers from Innistrad. They were like werewolf hunters. Mara said he was very optimistic they would see print one day because he gets requests for them a lot, or especially back when the set was coming out or more recent. And this is this is perfect. There's been so much hype for them that I can't imagine they're not here. Unless a return to Innistrad is like very soon on the horizon. Exactly. It, this is probably the best place for them. Helen and Elena are, are both women, and so there's a lot of interest in seeing them as cards because of it is an opportunity for LGBT representation that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we don't necessarily see a whole lot of in Magic. The next character from Innistrad that I think we have a good shot at seeing is Runo Stromkirk. So there are four major vampire bloodlines on Innistrad, and three of them have seen a legendary creature printed for him. We've gotten Olivia Voldaren, Edgar Markov, and Angie Falconrath. So Runo is the best representative to print for the remaining vampire line, the Stromkirk line. And he's got some interesting lore. I was uh, kind of intrigued by him. He was a priest prior to becoming a vampire, and he still worships these ancient sea gods. He lives in Nefalia, so whereas all the other vampires have been um, some variation on red-black, he would most likely be like blue-black. Mm-hmm. Or, or Grixis or something like that. Yeah. Be pretty cool. Hopefully we'll, we'll get to see him here. Another like sort of category of characters is people who have had a card in the past, but they kind of skunked it. So there's some opportunities here to, to make better versions of legends that were disappointing originally. With the Weatherlight Saga, Wizards has been putting a lot of uh, work into redoing the, the weaker members of that cycle or the ones that didn't quite fit for what you wanted to do with them in Commander. For example, like Gerard, Miri, Tangarth, Volrath. So Orim was a major character in the Weatherlight Saga, but her card was not super good. Not super good. Not the best. Yeah, damage prevention is not the most exciting effect in Commander, so she would be a good candidate for a redo. Yeah, I've been wanting a new Orim for years. This would be like the perfect time. Like white would be like desperately in need of something, and she has enough like facets that they could build around as like a character that they could finally print a good mono white commander. So I'm excited, hopefully, to see an Orem. Another character that's ripe for a redo is Corona, False God. She was originally printed back in Scourge. It's one Wooberg, so six mana, for a. 5-5 Avatar Legend. She has haste, and when she attacks, creatures of the type of your choice get plus 3, plus 3 until end of turn. And then at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player untaps Corona, False God, and gains control of it. So it's 5-color support for whatever tribe you want, mm-hmm. 
but it's really, really lame to give away your commander. Yeah, it feels bad, man. And get beat down with it. Feels real bad. Yeah, that's a it's an enormous drawback for a card that has like an onerous mana cost and who is like supposed to be this all powerful being. Mark Rosewater said that like the lead designer of the set was just really keen on this passing your legend around and so wanted to get that to see print and didn't really consider like is this the right card to put it on yeah no definitely the character concept came after the card was printed is i think something he said a Mm -hmm. few times and that happened a few times in this era of magic where you would get a card that doesn't quite fit the character and a lot of times it was because the card was made first and they're like oh where do we put the character what card do we slap this on Mark Rosewater has said multiple times that he's not a fan of this design, so I think that's a good... Yeah, a good indicator. Yeah. What's another character that could probably stand a redo? So, I know that there is a deck you can make with this character, but Mishra, mm-hmm. definitely, I think people would be so happy if he got an actual card in the same vein that like Urza just got, or like Yawgmoth, or really any of these like Weatherlight characters. Like He has a powerful loyal fan base and has never gotten a card that i think even his original card was not super that's not what i wanted i mean it can work in commander if you're yeah. like breaking symmetry on it but the fact that like the best way to do it is to have a copy of nether void feels so bad not exactly accessible and not intuitive and it's not a card that you're going to look at as a commander player and be excited about whereas like yogmoth urza like ho ho yeah Kind of in that regard, so Herkel from Herkel's Recall never got a card. She's on some of the art in the old ones, but basically she bounced a bunch of dragon engines, but then also bounced herself, and then they couldn't find her. But that would be hilarious to see on a new legend. That would mm-hmm. be great. I would love to see an actual Herkel card. Yeah, that seems pretty cool. Another major character from this Brothers War is Tokasia. She was Urza and Mishra's tutor, and... From her, they learned Artifice. So that's given that they like printed a card for Thanos recently and some other major characters from like the the way back storyline, I think that she would be a good candidate. This is one that I think would be just kind of funny. The Magistrate from Mercadia. Yeah, it'd be really great. Yeah, he's a total puppet of like these crafty Kiren goblins on Mercadia and the Phyrexians. But he's just like the perfect representation of like the gross degenerate aristocracy uh he's wearing this like powdered wig and he's got these huge jowls and this like affected little fake mole on himself it's good good stuff i think that would be a great character to to make into a card so inject a little bit of humor into the set oh yeah be great this one actually like nick wrote this down and i saw it and was like oh i hope so that'd be awesome tell me if i'm saying this right zathrid I believe so. From Chandelar, pretty much like what we know about Zathrid is that people worshipped him, mm-hmm. and then he's a powerful demon, and that's kind of it, I think, as mm-hmm. far as like info we have on him. Maybe this is a good opportunity for demon tribal? I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, it'd be cool. Okay, here's some more redos. Basically, every character from Homelands, yeah. <laughs> in addition to Baron's Endgear, all yes, of these legends of them. are just terrible. Yes. But some of them have really, really cool flavor. Like Grandmother Sengir, she ended up ringing the apocalypse chime that killed everyone on the plane but her and was just trapped in a box for, I don't know, a thousand years or something. And then they pulled her out. She was wildly insane. She's just 
a very, very interesting character. And her card is total crap. Yeah, just abysmal. Other members of the Sengir family, Irini Sengir, she's a dwarf who got turned by Baron Sengir and sort of used against her uh, former family. Veldrain of Sengir is like a ranger who works for the Sengir family. Isan's shade. Isan was this knight who was like valiant and honorable and stood against the Sengir clan. And then he was killed and his shade now uh, serves them. Homelands has such rich lore and every single card from it with the exception of like Merchant Scroll and uh, Memory Lapse. Yeah. Just terrible. Just not good. It's so sad. Those are the, the main flavor opportunities for Legends. Let's talk a bit about mechanical opportunities for Legends in Commander Legends. What are some mechanics that have not seen support so far in Commander but which players have been requesting. Oh God, I think like the biggest one and the one that they talked about in these announcements and on Twitter, and it's the example every single time they talk about set themes is energy. Hardcore commander players know, or if you were playing back then, there's just, as soon as Kaladesh came out, it was like, oh, there's nothing here for me. But if there's an energy commander and one one that's like not bad that like generates energy that would be wonderful like to be able to actually all of a sudden enter all of these cards into the format like that that would be great that's a big one werewolf tribal like not just a guy that's a werewolf that flips players were very very loud about how disappointed they were with ulrich of the kralin horde on the release of eldritch moon so they got that message, and this is going to be a good opportunity for it. And honestly, it doesn't even need to be double-faced because that's one of the main yeah. constraints. If it makes it worthwhile to run your werewolves, great, perfect. Exactly. And and kind of in that regard, like Eldrazi Tribal, people love Eldrazi. And the problem we've talked about on the show before on like the custom cards episodes and stuff, like there's so many directions you can go with Eldrazi because I've had to kind of think about them so many different ways at this point that it's pretty hard to unify them so eldrazi tribal is something that they could do but like how is a thing that'd be interesting to see if they try to tackle that here human tribal there isn't actually a commander for it yeah fairy tribal like again there's like not really the support there is a commander that makes fairies and Mm -hmm. there's There's a a commander that pumps flying creatures but like really rewarding you not only for running specifically fairies, but rewarding you for running fairies in a way that fairies want to be played. Like really instant speed, tricky, mm-hmm. doing a lot of stuff on your opponent's turns. That's definitely missing from the format. Yeah, definitely. And cycling, that's another really big kind of gaping hole. Is like they have so many cycling cards. They have so many cool things you can do with it. And there's nothing yeah. there in that space. That would be really cool to see. Those are all the big opportunities for Commander Legends. Overall, how do you feel about these announcements? What's your takeaway? What do you what effect do you think they're going to have on the format as a whole? I think finally this could be the year where the reprints are just taken care of. I truly hope that this is the year that like if I teach someone how to play magic, they don't look at TCG player and go, "Oh, I can't get that." They go like, "Oh, okay, I'm going to build a deck." Mm -hmm. Like, that would be so wonderful. I think that everyone should let Wizards know how they feel about this. If you have positive feelings, please let them know. We need to give them positive reinforcement because this is a huge step that they're making to try to address the problem. 
And so if you can, buy these decks, draft Commander Legends, buy the Commander Collection, really do what you can to support this and they'll get the message and we'll see more of this in the future. And if you have commentary, like let's say they do do something bad, but they do something good, throw the good in there too. Don't mm-hmm. just yell about the other stuff too. <laughs> there's there's good stuff in there sometimes. So the 2018 commander decks, we were really vocal that we really loved the commander designs and the decks were not super good, but we really loved the commander designs. Like really try to like push that at like everywhere on Twitter when we would go to see people at conventions or whatever it was like, please, like these were great. That's the same kind of thing you can do here is like, don't just scream the negative because if they are doing something good it's gonna we want them to keep going yeah yeah definitely share good news with bad news i think that's all we have time for today please let us know if you have guesses for what might see print in commander legends or if you have any thoughts on how these decks and this this new approach for printing commander cards is going to change the format I also really hope that it's going to make things more affordable, going to to open up the the format to a bunch of new players. It's also great that there's just a lot more opportunities to connect players to Commander. It's not just a a once-a-year thing anymore. So with that being said, thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Bradley, Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Addison, Arthur, Mason, Will, Rick, Laser, Raphael, Kyle, Charlotte, Andrew, Tom, The White Clays, Aubrey, Hannah, Anthony, Andy, Cooper, Dylan, James, and Justin. It's because of you that we're able to keep the lights on here in the studio and make episodes like this and put out bonus episodes. And we've got a couple things in the pipeline that we think you all are really going to like. If you're a Patreon patron, you get to join our Discord server. You get to throw up questions for us that we'll answer on the air. And there's a, a bunch of sweet perks for, for doing so. So check it out at patreon.com slash theory. Thanks for listening. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr. And Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy. And you can check him out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.